have a seat, if you will. Glad to see you this morning. Excited about uh, all that God's doing and uh, had a salvation at 9 o'clock this morning, so that was awesome. Yeah, we can celebrate that. Excited uh, also to kick off the new series today. The series is called Bigger Than Me, and this series is going to be looking at how we're called to something bigger than us, and that's the church. We're called to be a part of the church, and it's really taking a look at what the church is supposed to be, who we are supposed to be. And, and today we're going to look at some errors that the church has made in the past that we got to make sure we don't fall into. Um, and so we're going to do that today out of Matthew chapter 11. And then we're going to flip over to Luke chapter 11. Read a few verses here and then we'll pray and jump into the message. It says in Matthew 11 verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Then over in Luke chapter 11, verse 46, Jesus replied, and you experts in the law, woe to you because you load people down with burdens that they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word, and thank you, God, for the power that's in your word, Lord. Right now we come to you, and we just ask that the power of your Holy Spirit, God, would come and be very real right now, that your presence would be very real in our hearts, in our lives, God. And God, we pray that you would move in our hearts today in a mighty way. Let your living word find good soil in our hearts, and God, let it produce fruit today in our lives. We love you, God. We thank you that you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know if you've had this experience or not, but um, I talk a good bit about times that I've started working out or tried to work out. And the thing I realized is I start running like every month. I've realized this, that I start back running because I start and then I quit and that kind of thing. Um, and the other day I was running and I, I felt like I was getting a little bit better at it, you know, like I, my, I felt like my... My breathing was better, felt like I, could, I was running a little stronger. And so I thought, man, I, I'm probably, I probably look pretty good right now, you know, thinking I, I, I'm getting with it, I'm moving. And, uh, and then I, I got to a point where I looked over and, and I could see my, my shadow. And it didn't look that good, really. Like it was kind of humped over a little bit and kind of leaning a little bit, you know. I mean, you could just tell that it was kind of like bleh right there. And so um, I thought that I looked a lot better than what I actually did, right? And, and sometimes I think the church has been in that same situation. I think sometimes the church has thought, the big C church, the universal church, the worldwide church, the people who, who claim Christ as their Lord and Savior, I think sometimes we've made the mistake of thinking that we look like something or are being something that oftentimes we're not being. And we read in Matthew chapter 11 where Jesus says that, that he calls the weary and the burden to come to him that he'll give them rest. He's saying, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. And he, he talks about the weary, the burden coming to him. And then you look over in Luke 11, 46, though, and, and he's talking to the Pharisees and to the, the, the scribes, the teachers of the law, these religious people. And, and he accuses them of tying up heavy burdens and loading people down with burdens that they can hardly carry. And he says, and you yourself are not lifting a finger to try to help them. And, and when I read those two verses, and I felt like the Lord really started putting in my heart how different those two verses are. 
And the thing about it is, though, I believe Jesus wants us to be the Matthew 11 church where the, the weary and the burden can come to us. But I think so many times the church has been more like Luke chapter 11, verse 46, where it's been a burden rather than something that sets you free. But Jesus tells us in his word that, that if we'll come to him, that we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free. But I find so many times that Christians don't live that way. We don't live like we're free. We don't live um, with the fruit of the Spirit being evident in our lives, all the joy and the love and patience, all those things working in us. And, and religion, many times for us, has just become a checklist of things to do. It's become one more thing to do rather than somebody to know. And so we, 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 we spend all our lives trying to do the right thing, trying to, trying to make the right choice, trying to do all of this stuff, but it's impossible to do if our hearts aren't being transformed by Jesus. They're not being changed by Christ. And so when we look at this today, I really want you to see that God has called us to be a church, people, that, that, that the weary can come to. Called us to be a church that the burdened can come to. And that they can come in and they can see that, that God is here. God is real. The presence of God is working. And that those burdens and that, that weariness and, and all of the, the heaviness of life can be lifted because we're not able to carry it all. But there's one who will take it off of us and carry it for us, and his name is Jesus. And we're able to live that way. We're able to cast our cares upon him. He'll take them from us. He'll carry those for us, but we have to let him. And listen, we've got to be a church that when people walk in, they know they can walk in burdened. They know they can walk in imperfect. They know that they can walk in with issues. They know that they can come here when they're heavy laden, when they're weary, and that there's going to be a place that they can find hope, and there's going to be a place that they can find a church that will help lift those burdens, and that they can encounter a God who will carry those burdens for them. We're called to be that kind of church. That's who we, we have to be, and this is really a, a whole series. It's really a heart check for us to make sure that we're being who God created us to be. When uh, we were in the blue building, this is... We probably weren't, but about a year, year and a half old, something like that. And after one service, I was walking out of the sanctuary, going back to uh, my office. And as I'm walking back to my office, um, this gray-haired man comes up to me. Never seen him before in my life. Probably mid-60s is what I would guess. I'm gray hair. And he comes up and he just walks up and he, does like, he just grabs me and starts hugging me. Now, I don't know if you've ever had that hug like that before, but you're kind of like, like, what do I do? So you just finally hug back kind of pat on the back, like one, two, three, we break, right? And, and then that, that didn't happen. He just held on to me. And then finally he backs away from me, grabs me by the shoulders, and he says, I'm gay. First words out of his mouth, I'm gay. And I said, well, God loves you. It's the first thing that came out of my mouth. And he said, I know, I know God doesn't make trash. He said, but the thing that is bothering me is I haven't had hope in such a long time. He said, it's been so long since I felt hopeful that I experienced hope. And he said, today's the first day that I can remember feeling hopeful in a long, long time. And he said, thank you. And he said, I've been suicidal for the last 30 days. And he said, I was came in here this morning giving God one last chance. And he said, I know that God has, has, has come to me today. I know that he's impacted me today. And, and so I was like, that's awesome. And so we got to know this guy. He got in a connect group. He got involved. He started going to the connect group. Um, one day he comes busting into my office, just, just runs in there, throws the door open. He's like, what's wrong with me? And I was like, I don't know. What's wrong? And he was like, uh, you know, he goes, 
today I was getting my hair cut, and I, was, I caught myself telling the lady cutting my hair about Jesus. What's wrong with me? And I was like, I think that's a good thing. That's a good thing. He goes, then I've got this cross that I wear around my neck. And he said, I just bought it the other day, and I, I was, I'm wearing a cross around my neck. He goes, what's wrong with me? And I said, I, I don't think anything's wrong with you. I, that's a good thing, right? He, he said, then today I was in the bookstore, and he had been separated from his wife. And he said, I, I, I've caught myself buying a Bible for my wife to give it to her. He goes, Brandon, what's wrong with me? I said, man, it sounds like things are getting right with you. It sounds like God's moving in a real way in your heart. I want you to know we saw a transformation in this guy's life. And, and this guy went from being suicidal to reconciling with his wife to getting his life back together. And still today is loving and serving God. But that's the God that we serve, who's able to meet us in our lowest spot. He's able to meet us in our, our, our lowest spot, and he's able to bring us out. He's able to lift our burdens. He's able to take our cares. He's able to, to take our sin. He's able to transform our lives. And we've got to be that church that people can walk in and experience that. And that we've got to be willing to show that in our lives. And as we see in Matthew 11, that's what Jesus calls us to be. But I want you to think for a minute about the burdens that people walk in here with. We, we can't take this for granted. We've got, got to always remember that people walk in here carrying stuff, stuff like religious legalism. They're walking in and religion, rather than it being something to lift a burden off of them, rather than being a relationship with Christ that gives life, then church has been something that just took life. It just took it from you, and you just got into this checklist mentality of doing things and doing things and doing things. But really, you weren't going anywhere. There's no point to it. There's no purpose, and you ended up burned out. You ended up feeling like church was just something else to add to the list. And every person in here, your plate's already full, and it just became one more thing on your plate. And so a lot of us are living in that reality where church just became something else rather than a relationship with God. It just became a checklist to do. Many people walk in here with the hurt of past sins. They're carrying that as a burden. They're carrying those past sins as a burden. They walk in and then walk out and they're in the same place. Church, we got to be a place that people can come and they can confess those sins and they can begin to be healed of those sins. We've got to be a place for, for the lost to come into where they can come in and in their darkness see the light of Christ and go from being lost to being found to being saved. That's the church that God's called us to. But people walk in here with real sins, with real issues. For some people, they're walking in here with the burden of, of con the consequences of bad decisions. That's, that's impacting their lives that they don't think they can get out of. And what I've seen God do is sometimes God changes the circumstance, but oftentimes God changes us in the circumstance. And he changes our heart and our lives. But people walk in burdened in those ways. In so many other ways, people come in and they're burdened by life, just burdened by the things of life and all the things that they're facing, all the things that they're going through. And we've got to be a place where people can come in and find hope, find life. And have their burdens lifted. I want to talk to you this morning uh, about four errors that I think has kept the church, the big C church, from being what it's called to be. And I want to do that out of Luke chapter 19. Chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. I want to read these verses, then we're going to jump into them. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, 
he, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's going to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And the first thing I want to tell you that has been an error that, that the church has made, it actually comes out of verse 3, and we'll talk about that in a second. But, but for so many people, um, the church has, has had a poor reflection. It's our reflection. It's who we reflect God to be. Because here's the thing, Zacchaeus was able to see Jesus in his physical body. He was able to see him. He was able to walk, walk with him. He was able to touch him. He was able to eat with him. He was able to do all those things. But now Jesus, who sits at the right hand of God, the Father, is, is counting on us to be his body. He's counting on us to be his representation. And so many times the church has reflected poorly who Jesus is and who, who, what he's about. And so many times we, 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 we show them uh, that they, they, they certainly can't come in here. No, the outsiders can't come in. Lost people can't come in. We've got to be a church that welcomes them, just as Jesus welcomed Zacchaeus. If you look at verse 3, it says he wanted to see who Jesus was. So there was an obstacle in Zacchaeus' way. He couldn't see who Jesus was. And, and the, the obstacle was actually people. And as I've read and studied this, they, they tell me this uh, through the books and things that I've read studying this passage, that it wasn't just that Zacchaeus was short and he couldn't see over the people. The people hated him so much because he was a tax collector that they, they wouldn't let him buy so he could work his way through the crowd to get to the front to see. They didn't want him to see Jesus. They could care less if he saw Jesus. They didn't love him. They didn't like him. They didn't care for him. In fact, they hated him. And so many times we are, have been guilty, the church has been guilty of being an obstacle for others to come to Christ rather than being a, a catalyst to get them to Christ. And we've got to take a good look at our heart and make sure that we're being a church that's reflecting the true heart of Jesus, not just going out and, and, and making sure we're okay, but not worrying about other people. I want to tell you this, and this is not to be offensive, this is not to say, I don't want you here. But the thing that about this church I want you to know is this church was started because we wanted to reach people who were far from God. You know, we have people come and go, um, go come from this church and go to that church. And, and, and I, we didn't start it just to swap sheep back and forth. That's not what we're looking for. What we're looking for is reaching people who have no idea about Jesus and the grace of God. And so if you've been here for a while and you, you would consider yourself a churched person and you've been following Jesus and you're a churched person, then let, listen, you're here for a purpose. You're here for a reason. And that purpose and that reason is to help us reach those who are far from God, not just, not just coming in to fill a seat but being a contributor and not a consumer. You're just coming in and, and do, going through the motions. You're here to be a worshiper of God and carry that into the world and bring others with you who need to know the love and the forgiveness of Jesus and the power of his grace. That's what you're called here to do and to be because we're going to reach people who are far from God. And we're going to be a place that, that they can walk in uh, in all of their mess. They can walk in jacked up as they can be and, and knowing that God is there to meet them where they are. We're going to be that kind of church, that kind of church, that kind of people in this. The second one is that 
its response has been wrong. Its response at times has been wrong. And what I mean by that is its response to sin. Its response to sin. When you look at the scripture, it says in verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. I love that verse of scripture because what it tells me is Jesus was just planning. He's just going to go right on through Jericho, right? He's headed to Jerusalem to go die on a cross. So he's just getting through Jericho to get to, to Jerusalem. And here's the thing, though. As Jesus is walking, he looks up and sees this man. And the awesome thing about it is that Jesus stopped for a sinner. He stopped for somebody who was far from God. He stopped and he, he, he was willing to give him time. He was willing to offer grace. He was willing to offer love. And so he stops and sees this sinner, Zacchaeus, and he, he responds to him. And so what happens so many times, though, is our response to sin is this. We act like what Satan calls in the garden when he calls Adam and Eve to sin is greater than what Jesus did on the cross. But I want to remind you this morning that what Jesus did on the cross is greater than what Satan did in the garden. What Jesus did on the cross is greater than sin. We don't have to be afraid of it. We don't have to think that it's somehow not, not going to be overcome because Jesus has already overcome it. And he's already overcome Satan. He took the best thing that Satan could throw at him, the, the, the best weapons that he had. And Jesus took those. He went to the cross. He took the wrath of God. And then he went into a tomb for three days. And three days later, he came out alive. And he came out defeating death, hell, and the grave once and for all. He came out defeating sin once and for all. So we we can come to this place where we don't have to be afraid of people in their sin. We can be confident that if I bring them to Jesus, they're going to meet him. He's going to transform their life because Jesus is greater than sin. And greater is he who is in me than he who's in the world. But we need to live with the confidence. We need to live with the confidence of people who know that Jesus is greater than sin. So many times we're afraid of it. We're afraid to deal with it. We're afraid to talk about it. But listen, if you don't talk about sin, you can't understand the gospel. Because the reality of the gospel is that we're all sinners. We're all imperfect people. And we've got to come to a place where we're willing to admit that. We've got to come to a place where people don't look in the church and see this facade of perfection. They need to know there's some jacked up people in there, right? They don't need to look in here and everybody's all polished and looking good. And when somebody asks you how you do it, and you say blessed and highly favored by the most high God, when all hell's breaking loose at home, right? And you just act like everything's okay. This is a place for broken people to come and to get well. Not a place for everybody to act like I don't have an issue. Right? Because here's the thing. If you want a church that has no issues, if you want a church that is perfect, you got to go somewhere else. Because the reality of this church is it is jacked up. It is dysfunctional because I am dysfunctional. Right? I am the chief of sinners. I am, I am dysfunctional in many ways. Uh, I've talked to you about this in the past. If you've been around, you know, I've struggled with depression. I've had that going on. Um, I, I've struggled with sin. I've told you about the, a lot of this stuff that I've struggled with in my own life. And that's because I'm human, right? And we have struggles because we're human. We're not perfect. And we're not going to be perfect on this side of heaven. It means that we're growing towards perfection. God's going to move us to perfection. But the reality of it is we're not there yet. And we need to remember that. For some of us, I think we've gotten so far away from what Jesus did in our heart originally through the power of his grace. We've gotten so far away from that that we've forgotten truly how powerful it is that, 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 that it's, it's able to change people's hearts. It's able to change people's lives because we've gotten so far removed from who Jesus is and the power of who he is. We've forgotten just how good he can be to us and to other people. 
And so we've oftentimes run from issues. We've run from struggles. We've run from sin. When the reality of it is that we have a God who's overcome it, and we can face it head on. We can take it head on, and we can become what Jesus wants us to become, the people he wants us to become. As, as, as we pursue him and as the Holy Spirit works in our lives, he can transform us. So verse 1, I love because Jesus is just passing through, but he stops for a sinner. He stops for the chief sinner, really, in that town. Verse 5 says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I love that verse. And the reason I love it is because it says that Jesus looked at Zacchaeus. He looked up. And I want you to think for a second what all those people are thinking. When Jesus stops and looks up, they're like, oh, yeah, Jesus is going to get him now. That little rascal, he's been taking from us all this time, and now Jesus is going to get him. And he's going to tear him up, and he's about to rip him anew. I know what's about to happen now. Jesus saw it. And so Jesus looks up at him, and rather than going after him and attacking him, he says, Zacchaeus, come down. Get out of the tree. I'm going to eat with you. And the reason he, he was able to go and eat with him, the reason he was able to, to, to accept Zacchaeus, the person, without accepting his sin, the reason he was able to do that is because he looked at Zacchaeus and saw something completely different, completely different than what every other person in that crowd saw. Crowd, a huge crowd of people, and one person saw something different. Jesus saw something different than every other person in there. See, every other person looked at that man. They looked at him, and they just saw a sinner. They saw somebody who was no good. They saw somebody who was washed up. They saw somebody who'd never be anything. But Jesus looked up and saw Zacchaeus, and he said, there's a miracle about to happen. There's a miracle that's about to happen. And so he saw something different. He knew that he was going to do the work necessary to change Zacchaeus' heart. And so we see in that that Zacchaeus uh, was able to respond to Jesus because Jesus responded to him. And it says in verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The lost, right? He came to seek and to save the lost. And I just have this belief that the grace of God is able to change anybody's heart. The grace of God is able to save anyone. His un unconditional love, his unmerited favor, his love for us is able to save anyone. And here's how I know. He saved me. He saved me. And so when I look at that, I see where Jesus is able to save anyone. He came to seek and to save the lost. And we need to be a place where people encounter grace. They can encounter the truth of who Jesus is and the reality of his power and the reality of his love and the reality that he can change them and he can do what, what, what only he can do and change their heart. And we look at it, man, listen, that's scandalous, right? That is scandalous. That is something where you look and it almost sounds like, man, that, that can't be true. Uh, that's, that seems like that's, you know, um, too good to be true. But the reality of it is that's how good our God is, that he's given us his grace. He's given us his love. He's given us his, the power to overcome the sin in our lives and the power to help others come out of the sin in their life. The next one is its focus. So I believe the church is messed up in, in, in its reflection, it's messed up in its response to sin, and it's messed up in its function or focus. It's focus. It's messed up in its focus. And the reason I say this is because the church will preach this. Come as you are. Come as you are. Come in and, and we know you're not perfect. We know you're not, not right. We know you're far from God. Just come as you are. Come as you are. 
And then once the people come in, though, here's been the pattern of the church is typically what the church will do is immediately begin to try to modify behavior. It, it becomes about behavior modification rather than heart transformation. And see, what we need to be after and what is the same thing that Jesus was after. We need to be after people's hearts because if Jesus can get a hold of their heart, he'll transform their lives. He'll transform their heart through the power of the Holy Spirit, and then he'll transform their lives through uh, the, the, the power that is in him. He's got the ability to change our hearts, to give us desires for other things, to give us desires for him. And we've got to believe that and know that and own that. But we can't just change the focus when somebody comes in. We do a great job most of the time as the church of, of uh, trusting the Holy Spirit to bring people to salvation. But oftentimes where we mess up is we don't trust the Holy Spirit to grow them into the likeness of Christ. We think we have to do that ourselves. And so we become the moral police trying to tell everybody else how they're wrong or, or not letting them uh, participate because they have an issue. Uh, instead of getting in their life with them and getting messy with them, we just blow them off and, and, and act like they have no place in the kingdom of God. And here's the thing. I know there are people that, that would disagree with what I'm saying, but here's the thing. I, I, I know what Scripture says. And the grace of God is that big. And the grace of God is that good. And the grace of God is there for us. He's there right now with his arms open wide saying, if you will come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And I want to encourage you today that his arms are open. I don't know how far you've slid. I don't know how far you've gotten away from God. But this is what I know. His arm's not too short to save. His arm is there. His hand is there to reach and pull you up out of the mire and the muck and the dirt and the filth of life and the filth of sin. He's there to clean you off and make you a trophy of his grace where he can show you off and say, look at what my grace has done. And you can live your life living from a place where God is able to say, this is how good I am because look at this person's life that I've changed. That's what God's after. That's what God wants is to move. Y'all can, can clap. Makes me feel good when y'all clap. I'm, I'm just kidding. But listen, in, in verse, verse 5 through 7, it's interesting that Jesus looks up at Zacchaeus. He tells Zacchaeus, I'm going with you today. In other words, I'm going to eat with you. That meant, listen, to eat with somebody in that day meant acceptance. It meant that we have a relationship. And what's crazy is Jesus takes this sinner and he goes and eats with him. And everybody else is muttering about what Jesus did. But Jesus doesn't care about that. See, I used to worry about it. I used to care about what other people would say and what other people would think. I told you before, I had people who would come and tell me, all you preach is the gospel. And I'm like, is that a bad thing? And then I've had people say, but you don't preach the gospel. And I'm like, well, y'all at least, if you don't criticize me, make up your mind which one it is, right? And so, but, but we got to get to a place, it's just like where Jesus is, that I don't care what they say. I don't care what they think. The reality of it is we've got to stand on the word of God. We've got to preach grace. We've got to preach truth and knowing that God can change anyone. And that if, listen, this is what I want for our church is that if there's somebody in a community in Statesboro, in Millen, in Vidalia, in Dublin, any of those places that we have a campus of this church, if there's people in the surrounding area and they get to a point where they say, I don't have any hope, I want for them to know if I can get to that church, they're going to give me hope. 
If I can get to that church, they're going to walk with me. If I can get to that church, they're going to, they're going to stand by me and, and they're going to help me. And we're going to see God heal and the power of God's in that church. That's what I want people to know about this church is if you can get here, you're going to find hope. If you can get here, you're going to find a people who lift burdens. If you can get here, you're going to encounter the real presence of God. You're going to encounter him because if he's not here, we're pointless. We're pointless. There's no reason for us to be here. And so Jesus goes and invites Zacchaeus to come. And he says, I'm going to your house. And it's interesting that Zacchaeus had to feel he could belong before he came to a place of repentance. But so many people don't feel like they can walk in the doors of a church where they belong. I talk to so many people, they're like, well, if I walked in there, the roof would fall in. I'm like, it might, but that'd be all right, you know. And, 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 and sometimes I see people here who, honestly, I'm like, dang, they came to church. And I'm like, that's awesome. Because so many people feel like if they walk in the doors, they're going to be shunned. They're going to be condemned. And they need to find people who believe in the power of God enough to say, I know you're not okay where you're at. It's okay to not be okay. Just don't stay that way. Let us help you and let us, let us show you the God who will restore and the God that will heal you in, in everything, in every area of your life. The last one is that it's, it's source. The church has made an error in its source. In its source. So you see it, the church has made an error in the reflection that it gives, its response to sin, and its focus. And the last one is it's made an error in its source. And what I mean by that is so many times the church has, has, has drawn off of its own power and wisdom rather than looking to God's power and wisdom. We've gotten very good at just doing church. And here's the thing I don't want. I don't want to just do church. I don't want to just be a church where, where we go through the motions. I want it to be a place where we believe if we can get somebody here, they're going to encounter the power of God. Not living off of our own resources, but the resources that God's given us through Jesus. The resources he gives us through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. I want people, I, I, feel, like, I feel like that woman uh, who had an issue of blood in the Bible, that, that, that she had spent all her money on doctors, she tried everything else, and she couldn't get well. And yet she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just get to his presence, if I can just get to Jesus and touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. And so she pushes her way through the crowd, and she goes through the crowd, and she's, she's working her way to Jesus. And finally she gets there, and she reaches up, and she just touches the hem of his garment, and she's healed. And she's being made whole. And Jesus is like, who touched me? I know power went out from me. And, and she's down there crouching. She's scared, wondering what Jesus is going to do. But instead of berating her, he, he celebrated her. He was glad. He was glad that she'd been healed. And so when we look at that, I want you to see that's the church that we need to be. A place that just, if I can get them to the presence of Jesus, if I can get them to him, if I can, because the presence of God is here, if I can get them to the house of God, if I can pray with them at their death, Yes, wherever it is, if they can experience the power of God's presence, then everything will be transformed. But we can't draw off of our own resources. We've got to draw from the resources of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't do anything to transform someone, but Jesus can do it all. If you look at verse 8, it says, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give of my possessions to the poor. I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. You see a repentant heart. You see that, that God has worked in this man and his heart has been transformed. It's been changed. How did it happen? The power of the Spirit of God is who transforms and changes our heart. 
power of Jesus transforms and changes our heart. That's what happens at salvation is the Holy Spirit comes into us and he transforms our heart so that we become a different person, right? We become a different person as Jesus is working in us. And once we come to Christ, we begin to have different desires. We're not made perfect, but we're being made perfect. We're being made in the image of Christ. God is working in us. He's taking those old things away from us that weren't beneficial. And he's given us the new things that give life and that produce the fruit of the Spirit in our hearts and ultimately in our lives. And so we can trust God on that, that he's our source. He's the source of transformation. He's the source of power. But the church in many times, and it's oftentimes that we trust in our power. We trust in our wisdom. We do that in our individual lives and we do that also in, in our life with God as a church. We do that so many times that we trust in our power. I was thinking about it this way. Like, I don't know how many of you like to go to Walmart. Does anybody actually like going to Walmart? Yeah, a couple. We had a couple at nine too that I, I guess is, I don't know. They is, I, like, I just get frustrated at Walmart. I'm just going to be honest. And so, but I was thinking about that. And, you know, Walmart offers everything under the sun. If you think about it, just about anything you need, you can go to Walmart and find it, right? You can go to Walmart and find anything that you need. And sometimes the church has adopted this mindset that it functions a lot like Walmart, where it says if I can just offer everything to people, then, then, then offer every program imaginable, offer everything, it, 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 then they'll want to come here. They'll want to be here. Then, then they'll be happy. They'll be satisfied because we offer everything, anything they could want. The problem with that, though, is so many times when we do that, when that's our mentality, when that's our mindset, we can offer everything that somebody could possibly want, but we're not offering the one thing that they really have to have, and that's Jesus. So we could do all the programs in the world. We could do everything that, under the sun that we could think of and imagine, but if we're void of the presence of God, none of that matters because nobody's getting their heart changed. Nobody's coming to Christ. God's not doing anything in anybody's life. And so we've got to be a church that hungers for, is desperate for the power of God. We've got to realize that God's not finished. One of my fears was that when we moved in this building, we'd look around and see all the stuff that we've got and we'd somehow become complacent. We're, we're not here to be complacent. We're here to continue to strive. We're here to continue to reach. We're here to continue to, to reach people and to see them transformed through the power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's called us to be and to do and, and be a place where life transformation happens. That's what God's called us to be about. We can't do it on our own and in our own strength. It's something that only God can do. We have to become desperate for God. How many of you are, have ever been in this situation where you, you kind of felt like your struggles and all were, were too much for God to handle. And you kind of get to this place where you kind of wonder, like, why doesn't God just give up on me? Have you ever done that before? Gotten so frustrated? I know I have, where, where I get so frustrated with myself and the things I couldn't do or the things I, 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 I was doing that I couldn't stop doing. I just get so frustrated with myself. And I'm like, God, why, why do you keep coming after me? Like, why, why is it that you haven't turned away from me? And I was thinking about that this morning, and, and it took me back to a, a verse of Scripture in, the, in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. In chapter 49, verse 15, it says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she, she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. The prophet Isaiah talking about our God. And here's the thing I know, is that, God hasn't forgotten you. 
God hasn't forgotten me. God still wants to work in our lives. God still wants to work in our heart. And His Spirit, our source, is here today. And for some of us today, we need to re-engage God. We need to get into a place where we turn our, our hearts and our minds back to God. Because we've been running from God for a while. We need to be like Zacchaeus and come to that place of repentance where we turn from our sin and turn to God. And for some people here today, it's the same thing that Zacchaeus experienced when Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. In other words, it was the day of salvation for Zacchaeus. It was when his heart was transformed. It was when he became Jesus, Jesus' possession, when he began to belong to Christ, when he was in Christ. And I wanna know if you're here today and you can't say that, you're not in a relationship with Jesus, but you realize I can't make it without Him. I can't make it without God working in my life. I can't make it on my own. And what I challenge you to do today is to take your first step of faith and trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Realizing that no matter how you walked in here today, God's grace is big enough to meet you where you are. God's grace is big enough to, to take away your sin. God's grace is powerful enough to give you a new life. That's what the power of God does. Because if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, in other words, you've never said, I wanna follow Jesus. I want him to be the Lord of my life. And I want him to be my savior for giving me of my sin. I want him to call the shots from now on. I wanna be his, but I just need the presence of God because my source is running dry. So when you get to the end of yourself, it's not so bad because what happens is you have to look up to God. And today, if you're in that place where you say, I want God in my life, I want a relationship with Christ, and I don't have that, I've never had that before, what I want you to do is stick your hand up in the air and say, that's what I need, that's what I want. If you're here today and you know that today's the day of salvation for you, that you say, I need Jesus in my life, I need forgiveness, I need the power of God, I want Him to be the Lord of my life, guiding my life and leading me to where He wants me to go. If you're here today and that's you, just stick your hand in the air. right now, my prayer is, and what I've been praying for is that we would be willing to get honest with God. That we'd be willing to, to lay it out there before Him, to quit playing games, to quit acting like everything's okay, and get to a point where we're willing to humble ourselves before the Lord and allow Him to take the burdens that we are carrying off of us. And see, here's what I want to do right now is I want to give you an opportunity to bring those burdens to this, this altar to the front here. I want you to be able to lay those down. And when you lay those down, I want you to be able to get up and walk out without those things following you anymore. Those things are probably gonna try to come back, but then you gotta remember that God's greater than our sin. God's greater than our burdens. God lifts burdens off of us and we can cast our cares on Him. And so I wanna ask you to do is when I pray, I'm telling you, you can move, you can come up here and you can spend time with God, as much time as you need to spend. And you can allow God to work in you. You can leave your burdens here at the altar trusting Jesus. But listen, don't worry so much about what the person next to you thinks that you don't respond to God the way He prompts you to respond, right? That you respond the way that God prompts you to respond, not the way you think other people want you to respond. And so I want to pray. I'm going to pray and you move. You can come to the front. You can, you can come and get on your face, get on your knees, whatever you want to do here at the altar so that
you can spend that time with God, casting your cares, casting your burdens here and leaving them here. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for your love and your grace in our lives. Thank you for your heart for us. Thank you that you love us, God. God, I thank you that you're, you're more than a religious program. God, you're, you're, you're the truth. You're the power. You're the grace. You're the life changer. You're the one who calls us, God, that loves us, that causes us to come to you. And we thank you for that. God, would you heal our hearts? Heal our hearts, God. Where they're hurting, where they're broken, where they're burdened, God, would you heal our hearts? God, would you, would you give us hope? And in a place where there's no hope, I pray that you would give us hope, Lord. And just do what only you can do, God, and change us. Don't let us walk out of here the same. God, we love you and thank you that you love us. Let us be the church you've called us to be, that we can share that love with others. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. You stay and pray as long as you like. Listen, if you know you need to come up here as everybody else is going that way, you come this way. Otherwise. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.